The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. After speaking with Tim Whistler about his philosophy and process, you have decided he is your guy. You want to work with him as your retirement income planner. So the big question then becomes, what's next? I'm Patrice Sikora with your host, Tim Whistler. And in this episode, he's going to explain what happens once you have shaken hands. So Tim, it is good to be talking to you again. And uh, let's talk about what your new client experiences as you begin working together. Well, very good, Patrice. And yes, it's always good to be speaking with you again as well. Thank you for your time. You know, this is a big deal for people. We've talked about this before. Um, you know, what, we as a, we as humans, especially adults, really try to resist change. <laughs> and I, I think too, in, in the realm in which I reside, making a change when it comes to our finances is a big deal. You know, we really truly need to understand why do we need to move funds from where they're at to where they should be, um, making sure that we're checking off boxes that are concerning to us. So, you know, like you said, we, we've had the conversations, we've gone through the game plan, we've eliminated and addressed, you know, we've eliminated the concerns, we've addressed the goals. Now it's time to get the plan into motion. So, you know, this is where, this is kind of what I say, this is where the plan starts to kind of take shape. You know, this is the um, logistical part you know, uh, where we start to move the funds into their positions according to the plan that we have prepared for these previous, you know, few conversations. All I keep thinking of is paperwork. <laughs> yes, ma'am. There's a, there's a lot of it. Some of it actually is electronic paperwork, you know, and, and, and taking, taking a few, if, uh, you know, taking folks back a few years when we were doing old school pen and paper, and I'm bringing a stack of documents, uh, yes, yes, several pens, right? <laughs> and uh, so every now and then we'll, we'll we'll do an occasional paper document. Most of you know most of the documentation these days is electronic. You know there are things like DocuSign. Um, there's an actual application that we use in our industry called Firelight. But the whole big of it, the whole point of it is, these are all secure. Um, they've got, you know, all kinds, I'm not an IT guy whatsoever, but they've got all kinds of, you know, fail safes for, for security to protect the data, but it also creates a stream of efficiency. So that way, whenever we, we go through the documentation and filling out the forms, opening up the accounts, um, filling out the transfer forms, et cetera, you know, a lot of that's done electronically, but yes, you're right. There, there is a, a little bit of a, a paperwork involved and, you know, that's why when, when we provide the overall plan, the next phase of the overall plan is, okay, here's the guide. In other words, here's the steps that we're going to take, which is kind of what we're going to talk about here today. You know, what can clients kind of expect once we say, okay, this sounds good. What do we do now? You know, I'll throw out this disclosure. We'll, we'll, we'll probably get a little bit deep into the weeds, but, you know, for our listeners or, or if you're watching the video, you know, keep in mind that when I'm working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, everything that we're going to share with you here is outlined for them on a document that they have in their hand. So that way, when they get updates from me, they're like, oh, okay, great. We're on step two. 
of five, right. whatever the case may be. So that that's be, that'll be kind of what, how we'll flow through this conversation today. All right. How long does the process take, Tim? When they've come, they've shaken your hand, say, yes, I want to, I want you to be my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how long does it take to get everything moved over? You know, it 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 varies um, because there, uh, unfortunately, some of the, the 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 processes are out of our control. In other words, if we're rolling over funds from a four hundred one k, or if we're transferring a Roth or a traditional IRA from an, a current custodian, or, or from a, an existing policy to a new policy, um, you know, obviously we start the timer um, by implementing you know the application by opening up the accounts. But then once we submit the request to have the funds brought over, that's where we kind of lose control over it, you know, mm-hmm. over the situation a little bit. But, you know, historically, you're looking at somewhere, you know, I, I'm actually working on, on a contract right now that literally just minutes before we went on, I got an email saying the funds have been received. So the relinquishing company took, I think, about four business days to send the funds over. That's so. It's not too bad at all. That's kind of on the high end, sometimes a little bit slower than that. It depends upon, you know, when they receive the funds, um, what type of ceremony they go through to, to relinquish the funds as they say goodbye, um, you know, I move the funds somewhere else. But, you know, I would, I just to kind of set expectations, I usually tell clients, I say, look, you know, you're going to hear from us regularly as we receive updates from my team. Um, and I pass those updates on to you. We're probably somewhere two weeks, three weeks, somewhere in that conservatively, very seldom does it go longer than that. But yeah, it usually moves pretty pretty quickly through the process. And again, we have a team that that helps us stay on top of um, you know the the updates and and where we're at in the big picture. Well, how do you know where things are? I mean, if it is electronic, do you get like an email? Hi, we're here. Hi, we're here. Right. So let's let's use the example. I'll kind of answer that in a story format, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's use Sally as an example. And let's say Sally's sixty eight. She just retired. She's got a four hundred one k. We've gone through the process of, of addressing her concerns, eliminating her, her worries, and creating that plan for her where her assets are going to be a good supplement to her Social Security. And let's let's throw in a pension for Sally as well, okay? Just using hypothetical numbers, let's say her 401k was 300000 And using, again, the, the plan, going through a very systematic and detailed overall plan, we have determined that 200000 of that would be a good fit inside of one of our indexed annuities. You know, like most people at that age, they, they don't really want to take risks anymore, right. but they think that, okay, well, well, Sally, for example, she's only 68. You know, she easily could have 20, 25, possibly 30 years of retirement. You know, it's very, very possible. So she has, like most people, that fear about living her money. So we found it to be suitable and appropriate to move 200,000 of that IRA, or I'm sorry, that 401k, into an indexed annuity, and we'll use the remaining 100,000 into her own IRA account that'll be managed. Okay. okay? So in, in this example here, what we would do is we would open up the indexed annuity and the IRA at Schwab. Schwab is the custodian that we use that holds the IRA funds. Okay. We, we submit those documents, get the accounts open. Once we have the account opened at Schwab, for example, we then, I so how I hear about this to answer your question is, um, I have a team that's updating me. Okay. So, you know, I can I can track the progress of pending business through my index annuities. I also have a team who's behind me. That's all they do is track pending business for their advisors that they work with. Um, so I've got that way then as I'm running appointments or I might be conducting a workshop, whatever the case may be, I've got a team of people that are updating me through emails and letting me know, hey, Tim, you know, here's here's Sally. Here's her account number. It's open. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
So that way I've got a team that supports me um, to answer your question. And in this example with Sally, um, what we would do at that point, once we say, okay, Schwab, the, the Schwab account is open, it's ready to go. We then would provide um, instructions to Sally because the 401k administrator, in most cases, wants to be in charge of where those funds go. Okay. They're not going to receive outside paperwork. They're, they're going to basically say, okay, Sally is our former employee. These are her funds. She's in the driver's seat. She tells us what she wants to do. And we've provided instruction and guidance. And a lot of times I'll jump on that phone call with her as well and say, okay, we want to do a direct rollover. Okay. <laughs> the reason why I use direct as, as part of the rollover process is because direct means it's going to go from entity to entity. It does not pass through Sally's hands, okay? So that way we can utilize the paperwork from the 401k administrator and say, okay, Sally has an IRA account at Schwab. Here's the account number. It's open. It's ready to go. They then would cut a check payable to Schwab Clearing, right? The custodian. But the next line of the payable on the check would be FBO for the benefit of, that's what it stands for, and Sally's name. So therefore that check is cut. It's issued. It can only, can only be cashed by Schwab. More, more times than not, that check is then mailed directly to Sally. So I will provide again her an expectation, say, okay, you'll probably hear from um, you know, your, your 401k administrator. Let's, let's say it's Fidelity, for example. They'll cut that check payable to Schwab, but they're going to mail it directly to you. Okay. Literally this week, I just opened up an account, not for Sally, but we'll say we'll, we'll call her <laughs> Sally as well. And I just picked up the check last night. So that check is now on its way to Schwab. Okay. So you go to so that's just one of the one of the things that we do to kick everything off because we'll move all the funds from her 401k at one time to fund her IRA at Schwab and then from there we would do a direct transfer to fund the $200,000 indexed annuity um, with whatever company we select at that point. So once she gets the check you literally go over there physically and pick it up and send it off. Yes we do. For, and for our out of state clients they they I send them a priority mail um prepaid envelope a packet and they send the funds directly directly to me. And then what we do is anytime that we take ownership of a check like that, then we record it through what we call a check blotter. And then I provide what's called a letter of instruction. So no offense to my my friends at TD Ameritrader to Schwab, but when they receive that packet, they don't know what the overall plan right. is. They never met Sally, they never met, never met me, but they have this check in hand for potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars. That letter of instruction identifies Sally as the client her account number and instructions on where these funds need to go. And that way, once they receive it, like, okay, perfect. This is Sally's money. Here's her account. Boom. That money gets dropped into her account. And again, we get updates as things get opened as a, and as accounts get funded. So we're, we're always on top of what's going on. And again, then I can make a phone call or send a text or, or send an email to Sally and say, this is where we're at in the overall pro process. All right. Those funds are in their new home. What happens then? Okay. Great question. So at this point, using Sally's example, three hundred thousand from her four hundred one k is now in her Schwab account, and two hundred of that now needs to go to the indexed annuity. All right. So now we fill out. We've already filled out the application. The indexed annuity is ready to go. Now what we do is we send the transfer request form to Schwab from ABC Insurance Company, whoever again we we select for the indexed annuity, and we say send two hundred thousand of that to us. And provide that those doc those funds for her policy that we've already documented. So then those funds come over, and then what happens after that is again, as I get an email update. Normally, I'm getting email updates either from my case managers who are again are tracking the progress of all this, 
and or I'm getting an email directly from the insurance company as a status of, of when they receive the funds, they'll let us know. Mm-hmm. So once those funds now have arrived, what happens next? The application has been found to be suitable. They have found me to be in compliance as an agent of record. In other words, I've completed all the training I'm supposed to you know, complete for the product. Um, my anti-money, my anti-money laundering training is up to date. <laughs> All of that stuff has to be up to date because um, you know I, I got to be squeaky clean, which is good. We we want advisors right. to be you know on the up and up. So once once all of that has been approved, then they receive the funds. Then what they do, the final step is now they issue the policy. So the policy gets a, a, an account number assigned to it. The funds go in. They issue the contract, which basically means now they print all the documentation. You know, they, they print you a little binder, if you will, of, of all the details that go into that policy. And then they will ship it to me as the agent of record. And from that point, if my clients are local, uh, I bug my clients one more time. They are they already know I'm going to do this again, mm-hmm. um, but they know that I'm going to reach out to say, hey, your policy has been issued. It's in my hands when are you free for me to swing by and deliver it to you so we can go over all the details as far as what's going on? And then for my clients who are out of state, again, we ship that through priority mail. So everything's track and traceable through tracking numbers. And then we'll do a Zoom call with them as they'll go through the the, the policy um, and making sure we understand that the details with the numbers that are there, the, the initial index annuities, you know, the indexed um, indexes that we selected inside of the annuity contract, um, making sure everything is was true based upon what we provided in the application. Is it difficult to change anything within these accounts? Not really. Um, so like, for example, in Sally's case, she's, she has two different accounts, right? One of the funds is an IRA that's basically a managed account with Schwab. In other words, we're going to put her funds inside of a different managed portfolio that may have some access, you know, some exposed, some, some vulnerability, if you will, some exposure to the stock market. It may go up and down a little bit. The bulk of the funds are inside of the indexed annuity. Okay, so to make changes, well, for a fund that's under a custodian account, yes, we can make those changes pretty frequently. Um, you know, again, when, when we are utilizing a managed portfolio, in other words, the client, you know, we, we put a we put a client on the spectrum of zero to one hundred as far as their tolerance for risk. Okay. Zero being no risk whatsoever, one hundred being like free for all, whatever I'm fine with it all, and, and wherever they score in between. So we'll pick a managed model that that matches that tolerance for risk. So if the client gets uncomfortable, maybe, or the client's like, you know what, I'm feeling pretty, pretty bold right now. That 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 greed factor is taking a little bit over the fear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a little more aggressive. Yes, we can move some things around. I have the ability to go in and contact my, you know, investment management team and either change the model all itself, or we can start to change a little bit of the allocations within that. So, you know, those types of accounts allow us that flexibility. Whereas the indexed annuity, we don't change the holdings inside of an indexed annuity frequently. Um, Most of them at a minimum are one-year indexes. Okay. Like either a fixed fixed account, let's say a fixed account is going to be that percent for the next 12 months or what they call an annual point to point, for example, the S&P 500. So we're not going to move much around inside of an index annuity, but every time the index has an anniversary, which is either one year, two years, sometimes they can go a little bit further, not too often. Then we have the ability to maybe reallocate those funds if if we would if we need to, because you know keep in mind we've talked about this before. Having multiple buckets of money on the table, with each bucket having a different purpose, 
right? You think of safety, growth, and liquidity, okay? What are the two characteristics for that bucket of money with Schwab? Can it grow? Yeah, it can. Is it liquid? Sure. Is it safe? Yeah, not really, right? Then you look at the indexed annuity, safety, growth, liquidity. Is it safe? Yeah, the principal's guaranteed. That's why it's called a fixed mm -hmm. indexed annuity. Can it grow? Yes, it has the opportunity for growth. Do we, get, do we give up some liquidity? Yes, we do. So that's why, again, before we make a recommendation for any type of transfer of funds from where they currently at or are at into any other type of, of holding, we go through that process and create that plan to say, okay, we're going to create this that's not only in your best interest and suitable for you, but also abiding by the fact that, hey, when life happens to you without your permission, <laughs> and now you need maybe some extra funds because- something happened to the car, something happened to the refrigerator or whatever the case is, you know, we lose power and all the food spoils in the freezer downstairs. We needed some excess funds. We're going to tap into that Schwab account because that has the liquidity behind it. That's why we would do something like this, for example, for Sally, giving her a bucket of money to draw down from for those unexpected expenses. Whereas that index annuity can provide kind of that anchor, if you will, right. to provide potentially future income that she can lean on and depend upon for years down the road. How often do you find yourself talking to your clients about, about their accounts? We, we try to, I, I, when I say try, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually not a real <laughs> confrontational type of an individual. Um, but I, but I really, truly encourage us to meet at least a minimum annually, especially around the indexed annuity anniversaries, right, okay. because you're going to get that statement. And regardless if we're on our first year, first anniversary, or if we're in our 10th, a lot of times, you know, we only get those anniversaries, those those statements on the anniversary, which is usually every 12 months. So sometimes we forget, well, what's this number mean? What's this number mean? So that's why I like to really get together in person or through a Zoom conversation um, to review the index annuity statements annually. But the managed money, they're going to get statements every month. Mm -hmm. So I encourage my clients to say, look, you're going to hear from me pretty regularly. I like to send out a little video message to all my clients in one you know, group at a time, just maybe with a little bit of a five-minute update on what's going on. Like I just sent one out earlier this, this week to my investment clients that said, hey, look, you know, we're on this 11-day run now, the, the, the highest run of, of, of a market on the positive side since February of 2017. Is it time to get out of the money market in the market, out of a money market account into the stock market account? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but just trying to provide those updates and then always extend the invitation. Look, if we want to talk through where your funds are being held and, and what your thoughts are, maybe something you read, by all means, they know. Call me, text me, email me, whatever. But yes, we 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 do everything that we can to maintain a good, um, you know, open door of communication, if you will. And just, it, it just varies by household. I just, I just basically lean, lean on my clients to say, Hey, look, I haven't heard from you for a while. Are things okay? Let's, let's talk, let's sit down and, and review some things or what's on your mind. So yes, we're, we're going to, I always kind of warn everybody, we just don't <laughs> deliver the policies and disappear, right? <laughs> you, you, you engaged, you know, you engage with me for a reason. Um, and I don't take that privilege lightly whatsoever. I'm very, very blessed when, when somebody says, We've gone through our due diligence. We've we've gone through research and we like the plan you have created for us. We would like to partner with you through retirement. I say, are you sure? Because I don't disappear on you. I will walk with you every step of the way, all the way through and into retirement. And, and you know, again, we always we always laugh about that. But yes, we're going to be around and have those conversations as often as they find it to be appropriate. That sounds like a great place to wrap it up. But before we do that, Tim, is there anything you haven't touched on that you want to make sure you do? 
You know, I no, I don't think so, Patrice. I, I think just to maybe kind of wrap this up um, from the standpoint of again, you know, you and I covered a lot of detail in kind of a hypothetical situation, if you will, Sally in a 401k, et cetera. Just making sure again, people understand that are listening that if that if you're again considering or looking for that potential resource, or maybe just trying to figure out, do we even need a resource? No, it's a, it's a very, it's one of the things where we kind of have to be a little bit vulnerable, if you will. We almost have to kind of maybe, I don't know if it's necessarily putting our pride off to the side, but maybe saying, well, you know, we deem ourselves to be relatively intelligent. We we built up a good bucket of money in a 401k and an IRA for, for 40 years. Do we really need some guidance? Again, I don't, like I've said before, I never find a situation where all too often they're in a, a plan is wrong. I just find a lot of them are incomplete. And so I, again, I would just encourage the, for folks that are listening and maybe if this is the first time you've, you've tuned in and listened to us today. And I, and if you, if that's you, thank you for joining us, please go back and listen to some other ones as well. Um, because this, this was kind of a third, this was kind of a three-part series, if you will, these past three conversations we had. Um, but I would just encourage people just to understand, look, it, it's no, you know, it, it, it's no bearing on your level of intelligence or your schooling to seek out a translator for a foreign language, right? Because very true. We have so much challenges, so many challenges, so many hurdles that can come at us when we are trying to exercise, um, you know, a withdrawal strategy. And again, we've talked about this before. I think it was episode number 27. We talked about the sequence of returns. That in and of itself. Yes, yes, yes. You remember that one where we talked about, You've got that X amount of dollars in a 401k, and now you're going to start taking some income from it, either because you need to, or if we don't need to until required minimum distribution date, now you have to start taking income. As soon as you usher in an income stream from from that type of an account, now you're exposing yourself to sequence of returns. So if you've not heard that episode, for you, those that are listening or watching, be sure to go back. I believe it's episode 27 where we talk about sequence of returns. We turned the video on. I shared my screen with you. So again, just to kind of wrap this up, I would say, you know, again, you're going to be provided with a roadmap. You're going to be provided documentation where you're not having to sit there and tell me to slow down in my my words because you're feverishly taking notes. We provide this type of documentation, not only for the plan, current, as well as for future, but also for those steps to say, okay, here's where we're at. We're at point A, we're going to go to point B. Then what happens after that? All of that documentation is provided through communication because I learned a long time ago, Patrice, that an informed client is a happy client. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. So absolutely. I'm going to make sure that I provide to them, again, keeping them updated with what's going on and, and letting them know, hey, this is where we're at in the overall steps. Once we now we deliver that policy, you know, now we kind of hurry up and wait. We kind of sit and lay low for a period of time. But again, we, we, they know that they have access to me. They're going to hear from me through different video messages, maybe an occasional email, maybe an invitation to a virtual web uh, workshop that we're going to conduct online or maybe one in person as well. So, you know, we, we will do everything that we can to always provide content that's relative, that's pertinent, that it can be applicable to truly help them again, realize their ideal retirement. And Tim, how can someone reach you? They can reach me uh, a couple different ways. Uh, number one, by phone, going old school, area code 309-291-0491. That rings to my office here at my desk. Um, we can communicate through email, uh, which is tim at the whistleragency.com. 
There's still no T in Whistler. So it's just W-H-I-S-L-E-R. Um, they can go on our website. Just simply go to www.thewhistleragency.com. We have a fantastic um, website that was that was created for us with you know resources such as links to our podcast, um, resources to small little videos that kind of explain different things, um, and just kind of share our menu with our services and, and how some of those um, services we offer might be applicable to what you're looking for. So again, feel free to email, call me, and we can schedule that discovery conversation. It's just kind of begin the process of trying to figure out, do we maybe want to seek out a professional resource when it comes to retirement income planning? All right. Well, follow or subscribe to this podcast, listener. Use the resources Tim is talking about. And if you have questions or ideas, contact Tim. Oh, and yes, share this. Be sure to share this with others. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, hereafter known as Foundations, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The content provided is intended for informational and educational purposes only. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein are those of the individual speakers and not necessarily those of Foundations and its affiliates. The information contained herein does not constitute an offer to sell any securities or represent an express or implied opinion or endorsement of any specific investment, opportunity, offering, or issuer. Any discussion of performance or returns is not indicative of future results. Any discussions of specific strategies are for information informational purposes only and have been provided to help determine whether they may be appropriate for your specific situation. If applicable, the primary goal in converting retirement assets into a Roth IRA is to reduce the future tax liability on the distributions you take in retirement or on the distributions of your beneficiaries. Each individual investor situation is different and ideas provided may not be appropriate for your particular circumstances. Foundations only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. Nothing herein constitutes a recommendation that any security, portfolio of securities, or investment strategy is suitable for any person. No legal or tax advice is provided. Please review your retirement, tax, and legacy planning strategies with a legal or tax professional before transacting or implementing any strategy discussed herein. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to investment advisory products. Rates and guarantees provided by insurance products and annuities are subject to the financial strength of the issuing insurance company, not guaranteed by any bank or the FDIC. This is not endorsed or affiliated with the Social Security Administration, any federal Medicare program, or any U.S. government agency. If applicable, we do not offer every plan available in your area. Any information we provide is limited to those plans we do offer in your area. Please contact Medicare.gov or 1-800-MEDICARE to get information on all of your options. All rights reserved. This podcast is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. Pursuant to IRS Circular 230, it is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. For insurance products discussed, guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company.